Welcome back to the Made Possible podcast. Or if you're here for the first time, it's great to have you. Thanks for joining us. My name is Carly Cunningham, and I'm thrilled to be your host of this collaboration between Small Business BC and my very own small business, Big Bold Brand. On today's episode, we're speaking with the founders of Bigfoot Donuts. They're the winners of Small Business BC's Premier People's Choice Award, sponsored by the province of British Columbia. Now, this is a unique award. To win this one, you must engage your community. Because it's the business with the most votes from their local community that's the winner. And that's exactly what Bigfoot Donuts did. This interview is all about how to build a thriving business in a small community. The founders of Bigfoot Donuts have a family history steeped in entrepreneurship. Their families have owned businesses in Courtney, BC for more than a century. Yep, that's a business building legacy of over an incredible hundred plus years. Lindsay Bell and Jay Valeri started out with a big vision to create an exciting community oriented gathering place built around a reimagined childhood favorite, the Humble Donut. Now, I had the fortunate pleasure to visit their shop this past weekend. I got to experience the fun and wonder they create for their customers every day. And I can definitely say they've achieved their vision because it took me right back to my childhood. When I was a preschooler, one of my favorite things to do was to walk to the donut shop with my grandfather. It didn't matter if I was skipping down the sidewalk with my back warmed by the summer sun or battling the blustery Ontario winds and trudging through the snow, holding tight to my grandfather's hand. I was always excited to go to the donut shop and smell the fresh baked goods and take a first scrumptious bite into a warm honey dip donut. My grandfather, he loved it for the community, seeing his friends hovered over their hot coffee while they caught up bantering over last night's game or the local gossip while I sat at the Pac-Man machine feeding it with quarters. Visiting Bigfoot Donuts flashed me right back to that community donut shop. And it's so clear to see that they've built a great place for their community of Courtney to come together. In this interview, Jay and Lindsay are generous and they share a ton of business brilliance and actionable advice on how to build a business for your community, supported by your community. We're going to talk about what it takes to create a consistent product that customers will love, how to create a unique experience and build a business from scratch, how to do really big things with a small team, how to create a culture that people want to be a part of, and how to keep those people in industries that typically see a lot of turnover, and so much more. So let's dive in. This first season of the Made Possible podcast is brought to you thanks to our sponsors, WorkSafe BC. In addition to their important role in workplace health and safety, WorkSafe BC has worked alongside our provincial health officials to support workers and employers across the province during the pandemic. To find out more or to view WorkSafe BC's comprehensive list of COVID-19 resources, visit worksafebc.com. On today's podcast, I'm very excited to have two entrepreneurs from the Comox Valley on Vancouver Island joining us. Now, I've been to the Comox Valley numerous times to mountain bike, and it's a pretty special and unique place. I think it's a region in our beautiful province that everyone should visit. So I'd like to set the scene, I guess maybe the backdrop, if you will, for our interview. Hello, guests. How are you today? Can you please introduce yourselves so that everyone knows whose voice they're hearing? Hello, everyone. We are Bigfoot Donuts from Courtney, BC. I am Lindsay Bell, and this is my husband. Hi, I'm Dave. Jay Valeri, and together we run, yeah, Bigfoot Donuts in the Comox Valley. Can you share a little bit about Courtney and the Comox Valley and tell people what it's like for our listeners? Yeah, so we're located on Vancouver Island, uh, central Vancouver Island, north Vancouver Island, and it really is the recreational uh, hotspot for the area. We are able to visit the mountains, uh, Mount Washington, and then down, go down to the water all in the same day. So there's so much to do from biking to kayaking. Um, really, there's so much that this area has to offer. A great place to live. So much to do in the outdoors. 
and raise a family. I mean, we're hearing all the time more people coming to the valley. So it's growing and growing, and we definitely know why. It's beautiful here. Tell us a little bit about the downtown core. It sounds really unique. I mean, lots of small communities in BC have really fantastic downtowns that are filled with little shops and and bakeries like ours. And they're just a great community hotspot for people to come and gather. And ours is definitely that. It's it's just, it's always been that too. Like I remember going downtown when I was little and it's just a great place to go and have some fun, go and have some fun and enjoy family time and get in a little shopping. And it's just a really magical place. I would absolutely agree with you. One of the words I would use is quaint, but I don't want that to seem, you know, old country, boring, quaint. It's quaint and there's lots of amazing things to do. I mean, all the recreational athletes tend to hang out down there. There's lots to do. So talk to us about what the business climate is like in Courtney. So there's huge support locally. Like um, we've lived in other areas on Vancouver Island and the Comox Valley has such a support local, like from the farmer's markets to the downtown. um, There's huge uh, support local, especially during COVID. Um, We noticed that um, lots of businesses are getting great support. Lots of food businesses that are doing great work are getting that support. And it's it hasn't always been like that. Like that, like there's been times in the past where the downtown had um, a lot more vacancy, but right now it, it seems like the downtown's doing pretty good. Yeah, and it's such a great place to live here that people will find a way to live here if that's making their own business and that's what they got to do to live here. They're going to do that, and that's what we did. I was just about to ask you that and say, take us back to the start of Bigfoot Donuts. What inspired you to start a donut shop? So we come from very different backgrounds from food. I was in First Nations Economic Development and Commercial Finance, and Jay was in Computer Mapping. So the furthest things you could think of from donuts. But we come from a long line of entrepreneurs. So it's always been in our blood to start our own business. And we would go on vacations from our old job throughout the Pacific Northwest and always seek out donut shops, it just became clear that donuts are what it needed to be. We love donuts. And it just kind of became obsessive too. Like we would seek out donut shops. We would go like we would take the what the I five down to California and oh there's a donut shop. We gotta stop. We gotta see what's going on there. And so it it just became what you were focused on and it was pretty pretty fun doing that. I guess it started Um, Lynn started first with cakes out of her home and and any opportunity she had to do baking. She would, niece's uh, birthday or something like that, she would would find an excuse to bake, basically. Every weekend, you would make a batch of donuts and just try and make it the batch better and and make changes to that. Yeah, a love of business, a love of baking, and a particular love of donuts led to Bigfoot Donuts. I promise to focus on Bigfoot. But now you've got me curious because I've been to Portland. I've been to Voodoo um, in North End here. We have Harmony Donuts and we have um, Honey's Donuts in the Cove. Tell me a little bit about your favorites, maybe heading down the Pacific Northwest and what little nuances about the shops have you integrated in or have you taken ideas from? You're like, oh my gosh, that's really cool, but made it your own. So top donut shops and some really cool ideas. Like every donut shop is a bit different. There's a few different styles of donuts that can be made. There's overnight brioche, which is like what we do. Um, there's the premix, like the classic fluffy, tastes like vanilla, vanilla. really the old school donuts. Um, there's and mini donuts. Mini donuts. There's gourmet donuts. There's just classic flavors. So there's different flares all over. Voodoo is definitely like one that, so many people know about because they do like 72 flavors i think each day but my favorite is uh, also in portland but um the most memorable one that has like the best vibe in the shop does some really quality drinks and donuts is uh pips and they spe- they specifically do just mini donuts but they're very good quality and they put a lot of passion into their business and you can see that coming through in their products for sure uh and i love sidecar donuts in uh california right near Disneyland. Uh, they were really, really good. They did some uh, pretty cool flavors like butter and salt. 
Um, and there, what too. they do is they do them fresh every two hours. So that's something you don't see all the time. But we definitely pulled aspects from all of those donut shops. We knew that we wanted something that was a memorable brand um, and had a really cool vibe. And that's what we loved from all of, all of the shops that we visited. So we wanted to integrate little pieces here and there of what we liked uh, to make the ultimate shop, which is ours, we think. Uh, we so many like good donuts out there. So many good options for donuts out there. Uh, it can be done so many different ways. Now I'm really curious. Overnight brioche. That just sounds uber cool. Tell us what an overnight brioche donut is and how it's different and special. So all of our donuts are made from overnight doughs, and that is both for flavor and for uh, the fact that we do everything ourselves. Uh, we'd be in there at midnight making uh, the kind of donut that some donut shops make. Um, but by making an overnight brioche, we are able to make our batch, say, between 9 and 11 or 9 and noon uh, for the next day so that we can come in and make it in the morning. So our hands touch every donut. Uh, it's just an easier process for us, but it's also a super delicious product. Um, making something overnight adds to the flavor and the strength of the, the gluten, so it actually stands up better. Um, so it's a fluffy, flavorful donut, and everything we do is made from scratch. So even our cake donuts are made the day before. I roll them all out the day before so that they're ready to fry in the morning. It's just the way we developed our process so that it worked for a small team. Your backgrounds are definitely showing through. If, if you will, you baked in your lifestyle. You knew that you didn't want to be in the shop. Our producer's laughing at me right now. Um, you knew that you didn't want to be working till 12 or 1 in the morning. And I wholly respect that. I see so many business owners get head into their passion and not put that strategy and that thinking out front as to what's going to serve us. And I think a lot of that time, a lot of times that comes from wanting to serve others. But it sounds like you built your business to serve you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, it's a bit of both. Don't get me wrong. We're there at four in the morning. So we're still there 12 <laughs> hour days every day. But we absolutely love it. And we want it to be the face too. We want to see our customers. We don't just want to make the product. We want to see people who are coming in and, and give the best service we can. And we think we're able to do that because it's us there and us leading our team. And, and Jay is definitely the leader of the front. I might be making the donuts, but Jay's the one selling them and leading the team. And he runs that really, really well. She's in charge of the donuts and I'm in charge of the drinks and the service. So it's a pretty good combo that we have right now working together. It's uh... Um, one of the hardest things I, I would say have to comment on about the brioche, the overnight brioche that we do um, and doing a, a heavy prep the day before is that we can definitely sell out. So um, we're always playing, going back and forth around 9 a.m. How, how much should we make for tomorrow? How busy do you think it's going to be? Is it going to be busy tomorrow? So it's always like that's the question each day. So having that schedule it's yeah it's a bit tricky and trying to figure out how many donuts are we going to sell tomorrow what happens when you have leftover donuts i can imagine you know tricks of the trade and knowing that being in the trade it's not something you want to be taking home with yourself since you're faced with them all day every day what do you do with the with the leftovers it's important for us to give back to the community and so part of the things that we do when we have ex like excess is we'll bring it to local businesses there's so many businesses in our town that we've gone to know that buy grab donuts on a weekly basis and so we'll bring them um, some boxes every now and again and we also give to um, the church that's just across the street so they do friday lunches so they will um, take any product that we have and uh, that to the community i want to circle back to your family having a long history of entrepreneurship in the comox valley um, talk to us a little bit about that history, what kinds of businesses, and in what ways did those businesses and their stories, the family members who built them, how did they influence you and help you succeed in building a business of your own? So my family has owned businesses in the Comox Valley since 1920. So we're going on uh, a century of business in, in this community. And it's been everything from clothing stores to sawmills, tractor repairs. Um, 
we had the biggest dairy in the valley. Um, and most recently, my family's been mostly involved in uh, logging and forestry contracting, road maintenance kind of stuff. Um, so uh, from that, we've learned so, so much. Um, and Jay's family too has yep. come from uh, making their way in the valley and his mom did fiber arts. My dad did home repairs, uh, cleaning. So really like we've been surrounded in business since we were born. Um, so just seeing that dedication and that hard work, um, seeing struggle too and learning from that and seeing how we can do better in our own business has been instrumental in making us successful. Have there been any moments where you're in the shop and you something flashes back to when you were a kid visiting or being in or working in the family business and there's a lesson that comes through or just a really fond memory? I mean, that happens all the time. Like I call fritter hour my my Zen moment where I just sit there and think about the, the history of business and what we're doing now. And I'm so proud and just thinking about what we can do differently. Like that's the time where I, I do a lot of my planning because uh, it's just me in the back chopping away at dough and apples. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty special time for me. And uh, there's always memories coming up. Like we built everything in the shop. The wood on the walls are from the old family sawmill. Like uh, there's pictures of our family businesses on the wall. So there's always reminders and that's what drives us. And we want to carry on that legacy of family business in our community. I want to move over to careers. And given that you both came from career type jobs, I did air quotes there for our listeners, and you've now become restaurateurs, you're selling coffee and dunkers. What were some critical skills that you took away from your last career or that you've had to learn to start this business and be successful? Uh, it's definitely a steep learning curve. I mean, we weren't afraid of the hard work. We knew it was going to be long days and we knew we were going to have to figure a lot out along the way. Um, so we weren't afraid of that. But um, I would say like repeatedly producing the same product day in and day out in a commercial setting is is one of the hardest things. You have to have that same product like at the quality and at the standards that you're expecting every every single day, day in and day out. So that's one of the biggest things in baking it. So a lot of our skill set from our previous jobs was like analytical process oriented type thinking. So we figured out ways to do things the same, do it efficiently. Like we run a very small team uh, and we're able to do really big things. Coming up with systems in place to get everything that needs to be get done in, in our place of work done in a day. Like the list is long and staying organized is very important and something I've definitely learned from my past career is systems and organization. Was there anything that caught you by surprise? You were like, oh, yeah, somebody had said that or we got warned about this or I had no idea that was coming. Was there something you need to know or skill set that you need to have that you were like, oh, wow. I mean, we'd never managed people before. And I think we're great managers, but uh, we definitely had to figure out a way to entice our uh, crew to stick with us. We're in a, a pretty nomadic type of environment. People move around in the food industry so much that it wasn't something we wanted. We want to build a long-term crew. So we had to learn with our staff when we opened and maybe we weren't uh, the best when we started. We were a little all over the place, but we've learned how to work with a crew and how to keep them happy and put their uh, needs at par with our own so that we are building that long-term crew and we will have a long-standing business with employees that support our business just as much as we do. Um, so that was something that was necessary in our industry that we would love to see other people focusing on too. So share with our listeners, what makes you a good manager? What things have you learned if there's one or two or three tips or qualities that make your team happy and make them work really well together and work really well for you? What are some of those think, things? Um, we all share responsibilities and jobs in, in our place of work. So everyone is doing similar work. So I'm serving as are the, as the staff is serving. We're all making drinks at different times. Like we're all moving around doing the same jobs. I'm on dishes. 
other people are on dishes. So it's all a matter of sharing tasks. And I, we've had past staff that definitely like mentioned that, holy smokes, you're in here all the time. Uh, you're here with us. That We're not understaffed. Um, we are able to work together on similar things. So And treating them right, obviously, with wages and benefits. Like uh, when we started, we really didn't know what we could offer our staff. So we've tried really hard to make it so that we can pay our staff a living wage and offer them benefits and and make an environment that is one they want to be a part of. Like we came from places of work that um, we just weren't that happy there. And, and part of that is definitely due to environment. And, and so we wanted to create space that people wanted to come to as much as we wanted to. All right. Shifting gears from being great managers to selling a great product, let's talk about selling donuts and building reliable and repeat customers. As a business owner myself, I would guess that with a narrow product focus, that in order to build a local following in a small community, that in order for your business to succeed, that you would need some secret sauce, maybe a cool place where people could hang out. You already talked a little bit about vibe. Here's your chance to convince all the foodies and donut lovers from the rest of BC and the Pacific Northwest, one of our favorite places to be, to come to Courtney to try Bigfoot Donuts. What is so great about your donuts? So everything we do follows our mission from our donuts to the way we operate our business, and that's to be handcrafted, made from scratch, and with a focus on quality over quantity. So everything we do is made by us. You won't get our product anywhere else. Uh, we do overnight doses. as we said. Everything is made in-house from scratch, fresh each day. Everything from our doughs to our drink syrups to our biscuits for our sandwiches. You really, you really just won't get what we get at Bigfoot anywhere else. And we're super proud of that fact. So we definitely can sell out sometimes, as we said earlier, just because uh, we have to guess how much to make every day. Um, and it is made fresh every day. And we focus on that nice that vibe. We're really trying to create that feeling of nostalgia. Um, and we do that with our shop. We want it to be a community gathering place for people to come and have some fun. Um, you can't sit in right now, but that'll be back one day and we'll pick that up where we left it. But through our product, we love to have fun. We have five classic flavors that we always have available. So those are for the people that just love the, the good old flavors that they grew up with, the apple fritter, original glazed. Um, and then we do three monthly flavors, which rotate based on the seasons. Um, and we have a lot of fun with those. So we do gourmet flavors or lay off of the seasonal flavors that are available. And we always do specials. So that's really what we've been come to know for. Uh, we have a lot of fun pulling from pop culture and doing themed donuts and parties. And we just want to really bring fun into our community. So it's, it's a, it's an experience coming to our shop. That's really brilliant is what I like is one, keeping it fun. And I can tell you have a ton of fun. And the other piece is seasonal specials and rotating different flavors that really speaks to your understanding of a small community and keeping people excited and keep, keeping people coming in. So I want to know, I'll go to Jay first, if you had to say what was your favorite donut, maybe one of the limited edition special only season avail seasonally available ones, which one is it? I would say we're, we're kind of the creators of the filled cruller. So we just recently did a strawberry shortcake cruller that had um, a cream cheese whipped wow. cream donut and our crewers i think when we have filling in it it's probably the best cruller that's out there when we do them we have to make like 200 of them and we'll still sell out early we can't make enough of them it's something that i did before we even opened um crewers were definitely gonna be on the on the flavor list because they're my favorite donut uh, and then i wanted to showcase them and so we filled them with whipping cream or any kind of deliciousness and it's kind of like a Claire, but it's kind of... It's like a Friday Claire, yeah. Is it easy to market donuts to get new customers? Because I'm curious, what are some of the cool, crazy, unique marketing tactics that you've tried that have been successful for you as restaurateurs? I think it's huge. Like, it's, like you can advertise in so many different ways, but the real marketing 
is like our customers and, and word of mouth. And it just, it's so great when you get a review online, like um, there's a Facebook group in the Comox Valley. And uh, if you get a good review on there, like we had, we broke a record on the number of breakfast sandwiches that we made the next day after a review happened. So it's word of mouth is, is huge. Yeah, since day one, the only tactic we've used to market our business has been through social media. Um, and we've really strived since day one to be an interactive place for people, not just in our community, but abroad to see what we're doing and have some fun with us. Um, we definitely do a ton of giveaways. Uh, and that's definitely driven people to our social media and to our store. We do a lot of uh, fun activities that aren't meant to drive people to our store even or that are meant to showcase our community, like our Easter egg hunt where we hide donuts around the valley and take photos and encourage people to just go find those spaces and they can win something in the end. Yeah, just tons and tons of giveaways. That's community that's, engagement is, is huge. Yeah, having fun. That's, that's our driving force. So speaking of community, I have a surprise for you Ooh. and I'm going to play it for you. And I'm changing course in our conversation to focus on your recent win of the Premier People's Choice Award. So first of all, congratulations. Thank, Thank you. And give a listen to this. First of all, congratulations, Jay and Lindsay, on your Premier's People's Choice Awards. Um, I nominated you for this particular award just because I've seen what you've done so much in the community, and we really appreciate that. Um, having worked downtown um, next to where you've worked, I've watched how tirelessly uh, you work to bring that block of businesses together and to um, have people come in and, and view the various stores, uh, provide various contests, uh, everything. It's just been absolutely wonderful. And I, I know for myself, and I'm sure the community will agree with me, that We'd love to see you with many, many more years of successful business. So that voice is likely familiar to you. Totally. But for our listeners, that's Kathy Burkett, who nominated you for the award. That's so amazing. So how is that surprise? That was wonderful. She's Thank such a nice you. person. And yeah, it's always a pleasure chatting with her and talking about our business and what's up with, with her when she comes into the shop. She's such a nice person. All the research that we've done on Bigfoot, because you're not close enough uh, close enough for us to hop over, it's really clear to both Darren and I, who does all our production and our production research um, for our interviews, that you love your community and they love you right back. And building a community isn't an often talked about business growth strategy, but from where I'm sitting, it seems to be the heart of how you've built this business and that it's a key and critical play, uh, piece for you starting and growing your successful small business in Courtney. So can you tell us about how your belief and love and commitment to your community that you give and you serve, how has that helped you start the business and succeed in business over the last four years? I mean, aside from the actual donut, the community is really our main focus. We know that without them, without their support, we don't exist. So, of course, everything we do is to make sure that they're happy and they want to be behind us and beside us as we grow. Uh, and they've definitely been there for us. So we've grown on the mantra of be good to our community and they'll be good to us. And that's never been more true than over this past year. We had people coming in just to say that I'm coming in to make sure you're going to be here when all this is over. So their support has been tremendous. And we know that's because we've worked so hard to build that, that community vibe in our shop. And their, their support has really carried us through hard times, through great times. Like It's just been so much fun doing what we do. And the community is the reason we do it. That community aspect goes and commitment goes far beyond your shop. Because I know that you're board members of the downtown Courtney BIA. and. I've never considered being involved in a local BIA. So I'm curious as to how this benefits your business. Like small business is a huge passion of mine. I love business. I love uh, the way that small businesses develop a community. Being a part of downtown was definitely always where we wanted to be. 
and then we didn't know there was a BIA until we picked our location, just knowing that downtown was the spot for us. Um, but as soon as we were there, it was just, it was an instant community. And that is definitely something that you realize being a part of a BIA. It's a way for businesses to come together and be a collective and be there for supporting each other. Events that are going on, um, bringing the community down to a central area. We can pull from each other's knowledge to build a stronger future for us all. And we're all more successful together. So we've definitely strive to do that and be there for the businesses that are around us. We know a lot of the businesses around us are the ones that come in and buy boxes of donuts for their staff. And uh, they're the ones helping share who we are too. So it's just a real collective environment in a BIA. And I would definitely promote starting one in your own communities. The thread keeps coming up and it's no surprise that it's coming up, but this year, this last year has been so incredibly hard for small businesses and the restaurant industry absolutely got hammered. So let's talk a little bit about the pandemic and your resilience. You had to close the shop for a while and then you made a conscious decision to reopen. I know this wasn't just about money and I would love for you to share the story of the why. Why did you choose to reopen? So when we decided to close, that was definitely the hardest decision for us to make since opening in 2017, um, just from a safety standpoint for our employees, uh, for the community. But by the second day, it was we knew we had to get back to this. We knew we had to jump back and start working. And uh, we did pretty quickly. We came up with new systems. and Yeah, we knew we needed to find a way to reopen that was still on brand for us. We're all about fun and at that start of it all, it was not fun out there. Um, we didn't want to be not ourselves. So we found a way to open the safest way possible that was still on brand, that we could still provide some comfort to our community. Um, it wasn't about making money. We assumed we wouldn't make money. Uh, we just knew that for our own sanity too, we needed to be back doing what we loved. Um, so we opened up uh, after a two-week closure we found a way to get our products online so we could do quick pre-orders. We built a walk-up window from materials entirely from our garage. We didn't leave our house in those two weeks. So we were good to go in terms of we knew we weren't sick. So let's get back to it. Just us. We let our staff stay home with pay so that they felt safe and secure and they didn't have the financial stress. Um, so we came back with just Jay and I so that it was one household serving our community. Uh, it was a walk-up window, so it was super safe. Uh, and we had inscribed right onto our walk-up window, don't worry, we're here for you, because that's what we were doing. We were being there for our community, <laughs> providing that comfort. Don't worry, we're here for you. That, that says it all. It really does. And there's one thing that you mentioned that I don't want to gloss over, because I do know that mental health is an important topic to your business. I also don't think that we talk about it enough in the small business community. So as entrepreneurs and the business owners listening, and those that are thinking about starting up a small business, we all know the reality that it isn't easy and it comes with a lot of stress. The first five years are super hard. And then add in the fact that Bigfoot is a family business and you're both in it. Talk to us about the mental health aspect aspect of your decision to one, start a small business and two, how do you maintain life balance and being healthy and happy as you are enduring all the stresses that are thrown at you and things like COVID that take you sideways all of a sudden? It's like, what was the number of that truck that just, <laughs> just knocked us sideways? <laughs> well, I, we're very fortunate. We have a great product where you can eat everywhere. Like there's a lot of food businesses right now that are um, fine dining or sit down focus. And, and we're very lucky that you can have a coffee and a donut or a sandwich. Yeah, we've been able to keep our business going. So we're super fortunate and we don't take that for granted. We started this business because of mental health. We wanted a better life for ourselves. We needed to be more fulfilled. We weren't, we weren't that happy with what we were doing before. So we knew that doing this would make us happy and um, we just need to look back to what we were doing before to think, yeah, we, we got it pretty good. We're actually able to make a living doing what we love and we know not everyone is able to do that. So we do have that 
we're able to overcome a lot of the stress that is the day-to-day of running a business. Um, we found something too that we are quite passionate about. So donuts and service, servicing the community. Um, it's It makes waking up really early like worth it. There's definitely day-to-day challenges to mental health, of course. Um, and we strive to be such a fun and positive environment that it makes us enjoy it just as much as our community. So we're definitely proponents of, of positive mental health and just enjoying, enjoying life a bit more, not taking things too seriously and finding a way to interact with, with others in our community, with each other. We're in it together 24 seven. Um, but we're great friends too. So it works for us. It doesn't work for everyone. I, I, I can understand that, but for us, this is our, our, uh, our way of overcoming any mental health struggles because we get to do what we love. It's so special that you are both so passionate about this business and it shines through. But you hit on it. We're a husband and wife in this business 24-7. What tips can you share with our listeners about finding separation between the business and your partnership and keeping life and the marriage strong as husband and wife while you run a business? Because there are moments when you're both riding stress high and things happen. I've been in a business with my spouse before and it can be fantastic, but it comes with its pros and its cons. So tell us a little bit about that. There's definitely times where we don't want to be next to each other, but thankfully we've determined roles (laughs) that give us that bit of separation. Like he manages the front, I manage the back. So we have clear roles and we know where each other's strengths are that we've created this great partnership where we build off of each other to create this business and definitely having separation by closing the two days a week that we do. We're able to have a day off. That's not business. I mean, still work. We're, we're entrepreneurs. We're always working, but it's not in the business. So, so it's, it's not like all the product has to be out by 7 a.m. and bam, the door is open kind of thing. It's more like a, a little bit of a slower pace and um, we can regroup and reorganize for the week. So having that day where we're not in the business, that helps for sure. But I think it, it helps too um, by us both being in it and and seeing what the other person is going through. Like I can't imagine having to run this business with just one of us um, and and seeing the amount of work that somebody that one of them is doing. Yeah, this style of business requires both of us. Yeah, if I was in it by myself, I'm sure that I would never see Jay, and that would be detrimental in its own right. Two. So two things I'm hearing as tips possibly three, let's see if I can pull the threads really quickly, is making sure you're taking time away from the business and time for yourselves. Two is clearly defining your roles and knowing who's in charge of what. And three, I lost the third one. So I'm going to put pressure on you guys. What Was there a third one in there? Uh, have some fun. <laughs> I mean, that's always the yes. what we do is have fun. So as long as we're still having fun, Uh, I think we're doing the right thing. So speaking of fun, taking another turn here on the interview highway, pulling us back into the topic of winning awards and competitions. Was this your first awards competition? This style of competition, for sure. We've been privileged to be recognized in a couple of other um, awards. Chamber of Commerce. Chamber of Commerce. We were Douglas's top 10 to watch in 2019. So that one was, was similar, but... Nothing quite this intense. So this one was was really interesting and a lot of fun. And it, it helped us to get to know our business better even. Yeah, definitely. Being um, a top five finalist myself as well. And funny enough, what I do is help businesses establish clarity and work on things like their pitch and getting their messaging clear. Even I had to go through that process and take a look at where is my business now? Where am I headed? How do I clearly communicate it? And clearly you guys did a stellar job at that because it's not just about the nomination. There are different rounds to this competition. So let's talk about the first round. In what ways did you leverage your community to support your success in the awards in round one, which was about voting? How did you get the word out to the community that's like, hey, we've been nominated and we need votes? So we did it through our social media, of course. 
you know, the old saying goes, ask and you shall receive. So we just asked, we asked our community to show some local love to small business. We didn't say they had to vote for us. We just said, go and vote, show your community some love and, and see about getting some recognition in your communities. And and we were pretty constant too. Like it wasn't just like when small business BC um, announced the awards are starting, um, Go vote. Well, we were persistent up until the deadline of when voting continued to. So it was a matter of letting your followers know too that this is still happening. I know there's a stat that says you have to tell people something seven times before they remember. So that what's coming up there is consistency mm. is definitely key in getting the votes. Asking just once, just on a social channel, hoping people will see it, is definitely not enough. Yeah, totally. So we know your community got behind you. And they did a great job at getting behind you. Let's talk about the next two stages of the awards. How did folks in your community help you win beyond voting? Did you have mentors? Did you have someone helping you um, test your pitch before the judges? What other ways was the community supporting you? The community definitely came through for us. I mean, the particular award we did win was based on votes. So our community gave us that one for sure. Um, but they came through for us really strong in another category, the community impact one. We once again reached out to our community to help us with that one because we felt we couldn't showcase our community impact without our community being there. So we created a fun little video of ourselves mm -hmm. asking our community to give us a video of them rooting us on or telling us why we've impacted them. Um, just something that we could use to show the judges. Yeah, so so what we did is we created uh, a collage of, of videos sent in from our customers. But before that, we had to put a video together. So I guess that kind of uh, got us prepped and prepared for the pitches that we had to do for the judges and got us comfortable on film and in front of people. So we had to put ourselves out there for um, our customers to say, hey, look, we're looking for these videos that we're going to pitch to these judges. Come and send us something. And we're definitely introverts. So putting ourselves out there is something we're, we're learning on the fly. <laughs> that definitely surprised me. No, I would have not have guessed that you guys are introverts. So Double congratulations, because talk about that a little bit in running a business, both of you being introverts. Does that pr prove to be challenging for you or do you see it as an advantage? Well, I mean, when I started this job, I, that was one of my biggest concerns. I was because I was working in an office job. There wasn't too many coworkers around. I, I It was a job where I could keep to myself. So I was like, do I even have a voice? Like, how, how am I going to come off to the public? And so that was definitely a concern of mine when we started. But it kind of, you get to know your customer and you get to know the people in your community. And it's just like, yeah, they become friends and you, you get to know them. I think something we do really well too is we're relatable. Like there's people out there that mm -hmm. can see themselves in us and see, oh, maybe I could do something like that one day if, if a couple of introverts like that can do it. We're still working on video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, one of the things that I do know living with an introvert is that they are definitely relators and it's the surface conversation doesn't work. So I can just imagine the amazing conversations that you have with your folks when they come into the store because you genuinely, if you're going to have a conversation, you genuinely want to get to know someone. It's not all of this, oh, how's the weather? You know, all that surface level stuff just goes away. And I think that is a strength of entrepreneur business owners is you build a relationship really quickly. Mm -hmm. And it sounds that that Sounds like that's true for both of you. Yeah, it's gotten to a point now where on Saturdays when we're lined up down the block, we can't have Jay on till because everyone wants to have a conversation <laughs> with him. <laughs> I, and then the staff is looking at me like, yeah, can I take over here? I'm like, Please I, do. Think, I think this might be best. <laughs> Yeah. Who who knew? So if there's a lineup uh, at the store on the weekends, folks, just peek your head in and uh, kick Jay off the till. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knew that would be a disadvantage of an introvert? That's that's fantastic. Competing in the awards, how has that been beneficial to Bigfoot Donuts? And I want to come from the perspective of if you imagine that there's some business owners who maybe weren't comfortable putting their foot forward this year, but really wanted to. What can you tell them that would encourage them to definitely do it next year? Something we do is celebrate. 
but we will throw ourselves a birthday party because we think it's so special that we can be in business. So it's worth celebrating your business. If someone's willing to nominate you, you should, you should definitely embrace that and put yourself out there because it's worth it. We've already realized a lot of positive benefits from winning this one. We've been in the newspaper, on the radio. We've had new customers come in. We've even had lending institutions contact us asking, what can we do for you? And for a food business, that's not normal. Wow. No, it absolutely is not normal. Jay, what are your thoughts? How have the awards benefited Bigfoot? And why would you give someone a nudge to enter an awards competition? Well, it's like... Um, people are recognizing like you're, you are worthy. You are, you're, you're a great business. So people are recognizing that. So you have to put yourself out there and, and yeah. Yeah. Anybody who's willing to put themselves out there and start a small business, you're right. Let's celebrate it and let's let people know that we're here. Sometimes we're the absolute worst at promoting ourselves. Totally. And, And that's something we're definitely learning, like keep putting yourself out there and, um, yeah, be consistent. Like, Yeah, keep putting yourself out there and be consistent. And one theme that's coming through in our interviews that in the aspect of the awards is you don't always win the first time. And both yourselves and Matador, this wasn't their first awards competition. So are you saying then it's worth it even if you don't win? Absolutely. Like right now we're learning to um, be better on film. We're we're being better at talking to, to people. So it, that, it, there's a skill right there that we're learning right now as we're doing this. A lot of the questions are around what is your future plans or what do you do well or what do you not do well? So it really is a way for you to be forced to take a look at those things that you maybe don't even have time to do normally. Such great advice. And I want to really focus in on tips and advice that you would give business owners on how to succeed and ultimately taking their best shot at winning an awards competition. Do you have some specifics that you would suggest? Definitely be yourself. Like the passion that you're putting into your business is really what people want to see. If you can showcase that you're so passionate about this business, people are going to be passionate about that business with you. Putting yourself out there and showing the world what you want to do, it's important. So one last question. And I'm curious to hear both your answers for this. So Jay, maybe you want to go second and think while Lindsay chats. What is one of the most valuable pieces of business advice that you received along your entrepreneurial journey that you would pay forward to our listeners? I don't know that this is something that I was ever told to do, but it was more or less something that I saw from all of the businesses I've seen growing up and in my previous employment. And that's to have a really good plan to find a way to get in in your mind at least on paper would be great uh, how you want to see this business play out uh, and be flexible too because things change everything changes on the fly look at last year but at least having an idea of how to pursue it is a step in the right direction for sure um, if you're going to partner with somebody you partner with someone that's smarter than you so <laughs> <laughs> That would be my words of advice. Oh, uh, you two are so much fun. I could I could do this interview with, for another hour with you. Um, but that wraps the questions that I have. I do want to congratulate you once again for being the Premier People's Choice Award winners. And here's a free 10-second promo. Tell the world about Bigfoot and tell them why to come to the Comox Valley and visit you and Courtney. I guess I just want to firstly say a huge thank you to our community because without them, we don't exist. So come on down to Bigfoot Donuts, have some fun with us, enjoy some good old flavors and see what we're all about. Jay, convince someone from California to make the drive up the PNW to come to Courtney. Definitely worth coming up to Canada. We have the highest donut consumption per capita around the world. So we have a lot to offer north of the border. So come on by, I'd say. We've done almost 350 flavors now. So 
a hundred get here soon a hundred alone last year so there's new flavors coming in all the time and so there's something that you will be interested in for sure i'm thinking you need to take a look at the guinness world book of records and see how many what's the record for flavors tried by one shot so (laughs) i'll leave that one with you but thank you both so much for taking taking the time to do this interview with us today we really appreciate you sharing your story and the business advice with our small business community and the BC business community to inspire entrepreneurs all across this fantastic province and beyond. Thank you so much. We're so looking forward to hearing all the other businesses you get to talk to. Thank you very much. All right, folks, here we are again with our top takeaways segment. The purpose of this segment is to put the stories and inspiration you just heard in that interview into action by having us highlight some of the business brilliance that stood out and weaving them into actionable takeaways that you can consider putting to use in your business. So who is us? Well, it's me and Made Possible's producer, Darren Dunn. He's my co-host for this segment, and he brings a unique perspective as his role at Small Business BC is the content editor. Every day he's immersed in the stories and learnings of small businesses, and I love this segment because we both bring a very different perspective. Hey, Darren. Hey, Carly. Pleasure to be joining you. Always fun to have you on board with me. So I have a surprise for you this week. Well, lucky for you that I love surprises. So uh, what have you got in store here? Well, I'm going to I'm going to narrate it for our audience because I'm about to hold it up. So when I was at Bigfoot Donuts, I got you one of their coveted West Coast, Best Coast Sasquatch t-shirts. Oh my God, I love it. And I, I'm going to narrate this because people can't see it. It's literally Bigfoot himself, but he just has the the, the motto across his chest. I love it. I, I Now, since moving to BC, I haven't actually seen Bigfoot yet, but it remains one of my uh, hopes for living here. But, you know. You know, every, every now and again, I'm not going to lie, every now and again where we're camping way out off the grid or I'm out hiking, um, sometimes I'm like, so is there any truth to this creature? So, and the other I mean, cool thing about the shirt is that it has Bigfoot's, the, the donut shop, their logo on the back. I love that, Carly. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I was super excited to get it for you. And that leads me to the first takeaway for this episode, making it easy for your community to promote you. When I recently visited Bigfoot Donuts, I had the awesome experience of seeing how Jay, Lindsay, and their team are doing this in so many ways. And I'm going to share two of these as my top takeaways this week. First and foremost, over everything else, they make it easy for their community to promote them. And you can do that too by creating a product that your customers love and want to keep coming back for. I fell in love with their donuts at first bite. Now, I've traveled to different parts of the world, and I'm a bit of a donut fiend myself, and I've tasted donuts from all around the world. And I can honestly say that Bigfoot makes one of the best donuts I have ever tasted, and I think I had three or four different kinds. And so this is my point in action, creating a product that your customers love that they can't help but want to rave about. So when you create a phenomenal product or deliver an outstanding service, it makes people want to talk about you and they want to do it often. So the action item here is this. Consider how you can ensure that your product or service is outstanding to the others, aka your competitors, that your customers or clients could choose. So much so, there we go, I'm having trouble with S's again, so much so that you're guaranteeing that your clients or customers are excited to tell their friends about how awesome you and your products are. There is no better advertising than free word of mouth advertising. Next up, you also heard Jay and Lindsay say that fun, creativity, and handmade is a big part of their business. Well, I walked out of their shop with not one, not two, but four really fun t-shirts. And get this, that Lindsay designed herself. Now, you may be like, wait, what? You walked out of a donut shop with four t-shirts? Yep, I did. Because one, I love to support local. And two, these aren't just any designs. They're designs that make you want to wear them. And in their case, each one is somehow Bigfoot themed and has their logo on either the front or the back. You heard Darren talk about his. One of the other ones that I love has a Sasquatch on it, 
aka a Bigfoot, and the word introvert posted underneath it. I thought that was brilliant, especially given that Jay and Lindsay both admitted that they're introverts. So now think about this. Bigfoot Donuts will now have four walking billboards. And at any given time, those billboards could be walking around anywhere in the world, promoting their donut shop to other donut lovers. And guess what? They didn't pay a cent for this advertising. In fact, I paid them to be a walking billboard for them. Pretty awesome, hey? So here are my actionable takeaways for our listeners in the form of questions. In what ways are you, one, ensuring that you're providing an outstanding product and service that is talk-worthy so all of your ideal clients tell their friends and colleagues? And two, make sure that you're making it easy for your ideal clients to promote your business beyond talking about you. By that, I mean, do you have fun merchandise that they can wear, carry with them, or use at work that others will see? Equals free billboards. All right, Darren. I've taken up a bunch of airtime so far. So what are your takeaways from this week? So let me start by saying they were two amazing takeaways that you had, and it's going to be pretty hard to follow those, but I will do my best. So my first takeaway is that when you're founding a business like Bigfoot Donuts or any other business, follow your passion. Jay and Lindsay love donuts so much that they would trek down the I-5 on vacations to Portland, to Seattle, all the way down to California just to check out donut shops that they'd researched and read about online. Now, I'm going to reach way back into my quotes catalog here, but I think it was Mark Twain who said, if you find a job you enjoy doing, you will never work a day in your life. And for me, Jay and Lindsay are the perfect example of this. 100% agree. And I'm going to riff on that for another takeaway that has to do with differentiating your business. Lindsay and Jay shared that they use their donut shop visits as market research by taking what they loved and what was interesting and what was different as they traveled around and they evaluated what they liked and what they didn't and what worked for them and what didn't. And they took these aspects, these little pieces of all these amazing donut shops that they'd visited and they wove them together or, you know, made their own recipe, if you will, since we're talking about a bake shop for their own success. They created their own success recipe. So often I hear from business owners that they're struggling to find the one thing that separates and sets their business apart from the competition. I'm going to let you in on something that I feel like is a well-kept secret. There is no one thing. Well-differentiated businesses have many small things that differentiate them, that include their products, how they make them, the way they deliver them, how they interact with their clients, how they support their community. It's a host of different things. How I describe it to my clients is it's woven into their DNA as they formulate their business, looking at the small things, the experience, the way you make your product. How can you weave in differentiation? And when it's woven in and there's many things, it makes it really hard to duplicate. So the takeaway here is to take a look at the finer details of your business, break it apart, Look at the pieces and see where you can make improvements that will delight your customers, your strategic partners, and your community. Take the brilliant ideas from other businesses, both inside and outside of your community and your industry, and figure out how you can apply them into your business and weave it all together. Then you'll have a well-differentiated business. All right, Darren, over to you for our last takeaway. So... As you would know from listening to this episode, Jay and Lindsay and Bigfoot Donuts were the winner of this year's Premier's People's Choice Award at the Small Business BC Awards. And this is a unique award category because it is entirely decided upon by the number of votes that you get. And the only way that you can get those votes is to build a thriving community around your business. And how Jay and Lindsay achieved that was they gave back to their community in so many ways. They, they aren't just based in the Comox Valley. They've become an indispensable part of the community there. For starters, they take an active role on the downtown Courtney BIA. So they have a say in ensuring their fellow entrepreneurs are represented and their voices are heard in big community decisions. They host an annual Shop the Block campaign each Christmas that encourages people to shop local. And they host several, in inverted commas, donation spelled exactly as you would expect a donut maker to spell it, drives each year for important local causes like their local legion, kid, uniforms for kids' sports teams, and so much more. 
To me, this expands upon your earlier point, Carly, that if you involve yourself in your community in a positive manner, that community will show that love right back to you. And this has been a common theme in all the interviews we've done so far for Made Possible, and I feel like it's one of the most important takeaways that we can give to our audience. Absolutely. And that is exactly why we chose community as the theme for the first season of Made Possible. All right, folks, that's it for another episode. Well, one more thing. We want this podcast to reach as many entrepreneurs and small business owners as possible. And you can help us make that possible by rating this podcast or posting a review. We'd love to hear what you think and help us reach people far and wide. Thanks for your support and listening in. Until next time.